Hi, I'm Anne, and she's Rach, and this is So You Think You Want to Be a Lawyer. We'll be sharing our own legal journeys, top tips on how to qualify as a solicitor, and what to do to stay sane and healthy when you get there. Right, we're recording, Anne. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I guess we decided that we were going to do this So You Think You Want to Be a Lawyer. Yeah, I mean, welcome to the first podcast ever recorded. We're currently doing it in our lunch break, um, side hustle. We're on Zoom. I haven't yet bought the sound equipment, but we're on it. Let's go for it, right? Yeah. So I guess the the theme, so you want to be a lawyer, so I suppose it's about just talking generally about how did we end up here? I guess that's two questions, both recording a podcast in our lunch times on a random Wednesday afternoon in March. Um, (laughs) And also, why why did we decide to be lawyers? For me, I guess the well, the podcast question is um, actually easier <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's just something to do. I had it in my mind for a while because I'm me. I sketched out a whole plan where I basically talk about myself <laughs> for five episodes <laughs> and then keep going. And I mentioned it whilst discussing Married at First Sight Australia because, of course, there's a link there somewhere. Somewhere um, between us being bored and having random chats about everything. Yeah, and constantly talking to each other about what's the side hustle, what's the way that we control our lives and all of this kind of good stuff. And so here we are. And then how did I end up being a lawyer? You know what? The honest, honest answer is my mum said you can't study English because that's not a career. <laughs> so <laughs> I chose law because is that, that what is happened? Genuinely. <laughs> that's so funny. Um yeah, and I think a lot of um, like ethnic families have this as well, but it's just like professions are king. You have to be either a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, an accountant. Those kinds of things is just what it is. And that's how we all grew up. So when I was like, oh, I want to do English. I was like, uh-huh. No, that doesn't pay from like find something where you have a job at the end of it. Um, and law made sense because I've always liked to talk and I've always liked to argue. So that's why I chose that. Tick, tick. Exactly, exactly. And what about you? Why did you want to be a lawyer? Um, my my story is probably a bit strange as well. I did um, biology, chemistry and French at A-level and really loved chemistry and talked too much in biology and French. I'd actually learned Spanish off the girl next to me. So that wasn't <laughs> going so well. Um, I was actually filling out a UCAS form for university in the library at my college, Sixth Form College, and I decided that I didn't want to be a lab technician because I didn't feel like I I was going to be able to be a doctor. I didn't like the risk associated with being a doctor that I might kill somebody or be responsible for that. So I just walked through the library and stopped in the law section and picked up a book on criminal law and read the first chapter and decided that I was going to do law. I did actually fail my A-levels miserably, which is kind of unusual in our sector, I think, because... Traditionally, everyone has to have, you know, three A's at A-level and do a very traditional high achieving route. So I got a C and two D's and it took a lot of hard work to compensate for that through university. So I worked really hard through uni. I worked really hard through law school and then fought really hard with a lot of work experience on weekends and during the week and holidays during law school to get the necessary sort of experience and credibility to be able to show that I could do the job but I mentioned it just because um, you know if you want something bad enough just keep going you'll get it uh, against all odds but um, 
that. That's that's so true, right? Because you were just clever like, enough to do the job, though, Anne. No, no. <laughs> so, so that's what I was gonna... <laughs> it's funny, like, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I I got those A's. Yeah. No, but so it's funny actually because I think we're learning stuff about each other that we didn't necessarily know, even though we've been friends for what fifteen years or something at this point. Like I, I completely relate to that, and it's not exactly the same. Like I guess I mostly had the right grades, but kind of right. So I have two A's and a B on paper, which at the time was that's what you need to get into law. Fine, but actually it's uh a b c in the grades that count like my maths and my english and my what was the third one i did i can't even remember economics um and then i got my second a in general studies and i was just lucky enough that that's my, not even an a level Anne. right but i was lucky enough that my university counted that so of course me being me i was like well if general studies counts then i don't need to work hard on the others and just scraped in that way because i had an a in general studies otherwise i was completely in trouble where did you go to university? You went to Manchester? Manchester University, yeah. So it was luck, right? Because obviously Manchester Uni Law School is a good law school. I don't know why they included general studies, but they did. And so that Amazing. worked for me. Um, but yeah, so I was lucky in that respect, also slightly lazy, but I got away with it. And then did uni, but actually also at uni. And um, to what Rach said about working hard and all of that stuff, actually mine is slightly different, but that's because I didn't know, right? I knew I had, I knew doing law that there was this thing called VAT schemes and this thing called training contracts but no one in my family had done this kind of law so when I wanted to do law a bit like rage I thought I was going to save the world and do criminal law and then you get in and then you realize there's no money in that and everybody starts talking about uh corporate and commercial and you're like okay well that's yeah. where the money is but I didn't know what I was doing so missed all of the first year applications because I didn't know that was a thing yeah um, for VAT schemes and then got to second year um and half through not really bothering with studying and half through I was I was ill for a couple of weeks but in in a really annoying time between semesters which meant that I just missed all the bits where the unis came in and they did all of that stuff so I didn't know about that either so then by the time it came to applying I'd missed everything and didn't know what I was doing how on earth did we end up getting there Anne that's the thing right because in the end you through just hard work and determination and doing every single thing you possibly could me basically fluking it um and somehow <laughs> managing to do it somehow for the record I didn't actually get um uh my training contract until law school finishing right? law school and yeah. but you, it sounds like you got yours still while you were at uni or you didn't no so you're saying like uh, I remember because I remember actually at law school um we would talk about it in our different groups of who's got like there was a who's got a training contract already and who hasn't okay, right? I remember that do you remember we used to all fall into tears when yes. someone else would come into the pub next to the law school this is so just for everyone else's benefit we the traditional route is obviously you go through university and you're meant to get your training contract um whilst you're still at university but both Anne and I ended up being at law school and you would end up in the pub after your classes without a training contract and people would come in obviously if that person it was the most incredible moment and of you know relief and happiness that you were going to continue on your path and everyone else would just sink a little bit like lower into despair just like it's Christmas now okay now it's March I still don't have okay I hate you <laughs> we're at the end now I still don't have what are we doing what are we doing and there was lots of that going on um and like I think you did but I know I did definitely spent lots of time at the College of Law Careers site and they used to post stuff right um, yeah. for jobs or potential like paralegal positions or whatever and just apply for everything that you could and just try and do whatever you could 
I remember walking, um, so I lived near Old Street, so I just walked up and down trying to find North Films. I could just find some experience just to get extra experience. Every Wednesday, because I think I had the day off or the afternoon off or whatever it was, I just worked in the most random immigration North Films doing God knows what, um, just so I could have more experience. Yeah. And then actually by the end of law school still hadn't had a training contract actually, whereas I think you did, right, by the end of law school. I did, yeah, but I think... Um... Uh, so I got my training contract at Trials and Hamlins and I had actually applied through the normal route to them about a year before and just had a you know blanket rejection. I think typically they get maybe a thousand applications for 19 or 20 odd places at that time. So your you know, stats of even getting a look in were so low. And actually what had happened was my dad had been giving a talk about his book, latest book launch and a guy that I attended and a guy stood up and said I'm a, a partner at Trials and Hamlins I've got a question for you Stephen because um, my dad was writing about something political international relations and I made a beeline for this dude afterwards and I was like I would like a training contract <laughs> he goes oh that's very interesting give me your you know CV and I will put it in front of whoever needs to be put in front of and it worked you know obviously I had to do the interview obviously I had to do psychometric testing all of the training contract uh, application process which is so tiring and exhausting but I got through it but uh, the main thing was that I got that opportunity I got in front of who I needed to get in front of so you know I definitely don't see any problem in trying to get yourself out there and um, promote yourself as much as possible and asking I've, I've done like careers sessions at my secondary school and I've said in the talk you have to approach people that are, that come across your network you have to say please can I have a training contract I'm interested please can I apply to you please can I talk to you please can I come and do something with you because if that's how personal relationships are key and that's how you build things and I didn't think I I did it, but I don't think I really appreciated how much difference it would make. And I think there's a, sometimes people feel like they should be able to do it on them by themselves and um, through a straightforward process. But actually doing it for yourself is reaching out to people that you know in your network. And it's not belittling your ability because you've still got to achieve massive hurdles in order to get where you need to go. Yeah, I mean, what do you think everyone else is doing? They're using their network. That's how they got some of their back schemes or equivalents, right? They asked yeah. their mum's friend and, you know, anyone who went through the traditional route. Like, I trained at Links, um, Linklaters, and everyone there, it seems, came from the background where somebody's friend or a cousin or somebody knew somebody who could get them in to do work placements and a week yeah. here, a shadowing there. Um, and that's the equivalent of what you just described, right? It's find people in your network and just ask them and yeah. it sounds like advice that doesn't work in today's day and age it's like yeah but try because I know that and I think Rachel's the same way because of not like coming through a strictly traditional route I know what it's like and therefore if you come across my desk if I think you look good and if I can help I absolutely will take the time to do that because yeah, I just too. think it's important to help you exactly me and too. it's so important to do that and I for me it just one it makes me feel good but also I just think it's important and yeah. I think people get a lot of benefit from that when people ask me and then I give them all this stuff some of it doesn't necessarily work in the in in today's world like you can't necessarily walk up and down streets all the time you, that might not work but emailing people and getting a bunch I love of them, the idea of you walking up and down <laughs> just <laughs> any law firm going just anything can I please work for you I will do it for free so it works. 
but like if that doesn't work email people google who their hr person is and see if you can call them all of those personal connections end up building up to something that matters um and it's so important to do that stuff especially if you don't have the traditional sort of all a's all two one or a first from x red brick or oxbridge yeah. do everything else that will help you and the thing that frustrates me the most when i do do stuff like this and when i do careers talks is i give all of that info and then loads of students will then add me on linkedin and i will never ever hear from them other than that and it's not yeah. going to be on me to reach out to them like for me i would link i would connect on linkedin and say hi i love the talk on whatever what i mean you don't this doesn't need to be the truth by the way but it's just a connection i saw you talking at such and such i heard you mention such and such would you have 20 minutes for me to and then it's on me i can just be mean and say no but the more likely response especially when i've got time is of course why not because i'd love to help if i can you're so nice Anne. no i'm not you know that but <laughs> on stuff like this i'm happy to talk and we'll always talk so I will at least do that if I've got the time and um, how much do you think um having some other skills and common sense and things like that affects your ability to do well in law vital is vital the technical legal skills is like the bare minimum that's that should be a given if you've gone through law school and you've done your degree you should know that stuff and if you don't you can learn that stuff um that's not the thing that will make you stand out and that's not the, the thing that makes you a good lawyer you have to be you have to have common sense um you have to have an ability to accept when you don't know things and over time and some of this is experience some people have a natural instinct but some of this is definitely stuff you just learn over experience when you don't know know at least when to ask the right questions and where to be flagging things and reaching out where you need the additional expertise I mean what would you say to that yeah entirely like entirely true like it's the being able to gauge people in an office, like ultimately doing the job and doing law school and university is com are completely different things. You have to deal with clients, you have to respond, you have to build relationships with people. Um, you have to be able to talk to, you know, go in and confide to people or get information from other lawyers in different sectors. Like it's really important to have other skills, not just legal training. Um, and the people that were sort of a bit more normal were so much more fun to work with. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. When you're there like all day, you know, oh my gosh. Is it, it worth saying a bit about the two different like part routes? Because um, we're obviously just talking about one legal route really in the UK. Oh yeah, we are actually, that's a good point. We are only talking about how you qualify to be a solicitor, which is, um, as Rach said, you do... Um, either a law degree and then law school or a non-law degree and then you will do a one-year conversion course and then law school um, and then you have to do a two-year training contract at a law firm and then you'll be qualified after that unless you mess up not naming any names I definitely know people who didn't quite hit the last bit <laughs> but um, I mean there's nothing you know uh, very you know uh, up for people making changes of decision I don't know why do you think why do you think you're suited to being a solicitor? What are your qualities that make you a good solicitor? I don't, I don't know that I'm suited to it, but I guess... But you are. You are suited to it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Your attention to detail, your love of a project. Maybe I'll answer it in a different way. The best lawyers that I have seen... And I definitely put you in that category, but like all my mentors and stuff like that as well. It's not about their technical legal ability. It's about their ability to get in and ask enough questions until they understand what the issue is that we're trying to solve for. 
and then working backwards out from that to actually come up with a solution and help to implement it. And so within that, that's about understanding concepts. That's about taking the time to learn the technical. And I mean technical as in, I work in a technology company now, so you have to learn how the actual technology works, not as in the technical legal question. Um, that's about um, asking the right questions. That's about saying, right, I don't think we have enough information. Let's go and get our external advisors. And we have to build all of that stuff together. And I think there's a certain type of person that recognizes this building blocks that you need to build together in order to create that picture that allows you to say, I've grasped enough of this, plus the risk to say, this is the solution that I'm comfortable with. And that's, I, I, don't, I don't know if I answered that properly, but that's just the skill that I think the best lawyers are able to utilize every day, regardless of the topic, which allows yeah. them to switch between industries and switch between risks and stuff like that. There's so much we can talk about. I think we're going to have to do other like episodes on like top tips and skills and navigating between different sectors because I don't know so much to talk about. For example, in your training contract, obviously we do four, you do typically four different areas, don't you? And I think some types of law are suited to some people more than others. Like for example, no one really tells you that if you go into, um, well, that first of all, the vast majority of solicitors are non-contentious. So you're just doing contract work or deals effectively that have nothing to do with fighting. It's all between people that like each other and want to do business. And then and the then breaking that down there are types of projects in corporate that will last two years and go rolling you'll be working on one project night and day and it will be obsessional and it will be totally all consuming on one project albeit with a bazillion different documents but that if you do property like I did you're dealing with maybe up to like 40 or possibly more individual transactions between different people with documents for each of those and that it's very sort of um process orientated but there are so many hurdles like so many pitfalls and places where you can screw it up along the way so it's um I don't know there's different types of law for different types of people uh like employment and um IP if you want to be a bit more like sexy and fun and free and global yeah and you can see the stuff that you're working on as opposed to us arguing about a contract that no one will read once it's been signed I suppose do you want to tell everyone what your career path has been in terms of the types of work you've done and who you've done it for and for how long uh yeah sure so uh I trained at Linklaters so I was there so I didn't mention this but so I probably was at Linklaters for a year and a half then I tri- then I did my training contract there and in there, I was able to do um, a secondment abroad to Milan, which was the best time. Um, <laughs> we, ha- we had an amazing weekend <laughs> and then there were several other great times. But um, oh, that's so that one of that. the best bits, by the way. Make friends with people who have training contracts with an away seat because yes. then you get to go and see everybody in their seats abroad. It's amazing. Exactly. Anyway. It is amazing. Um, and actually, weirdly, I did uh, two banking seats, one in London, one in Milan, uh, IP and corporate. And then it was corporate that I qualified into. Corporate, I was there for about four, four and a half years in the Linklater's uh, private equity corporate team. Eventually went on to common. Hot and stuff, did- Anne. Hot stuff. <laughs> basically did two jobs for six months or no I think it was about four four and a half months um which was interesting but it was the thing that cemented I knew it was time to go in-house um then I went to uh the economist group which is the economist magazine and then all of the stuff around it um and was there for seven years actually and eventually ended up how did um, that go by that I mean goodness me that went fast it makes me feel old because I we remember the times when we were talking about it and when I was leaving links because our offices used to be literally around the corner so we'd meet up at lunchtime and talk about we're all gonna have stuff. to do our mental health 
episode we're going as to well. have to do that we're going to have yeah. to do a mental health episode to talk about all of the transitions how and you survive the, the stress oh my gosh anyway uh, and then was there for seven years and now I'm at <laughs> we'll edit that part out <laughs> I work for a technology leading company what about okay. um what about your history and then why don't you give within the premises I guess of the this conversation which is mostly the how do you start your legal career the one tip or the one thing that you wish you'd known when you were maybe at uni or maybe at law school oh um tip I suppose maybe it's not a tip but the one thing I wish people had said I sort of went into law because I wanted to know that I was going to get some money that was important for me and I don't think you have to have this sort of inner like justice route you know in you like it's okay to want a job just because it's got stability and you're going to get paid that's fine but I think if someone had told me there are other jobs out there where you get paid a lot more for doing maybe a little bit more chatting and a little bit less work I probably would have gone for those routes but I didn't really have anyone doing career I mean when I did that stupid careers path thing it said I should be a marine drill sergeant or something (laughs) So anyway, if you're wanting a job that like requires hard work, but is fulfilling, satisfying and pays you well and gives you the ability to move in different directions later on in your career, then then this is the right one. Um, I did. Uh, I worked at Trowers. I trained at Trowers and it was a great firm. I was in the real estate team on qualification. I actually spent uh, six months in Oman as part of my training contract. I did uh, property, I did litigation and public sector work. And what was my foresuit? Oh, then Oman. Yeah, fine. That's four. Then qualified into property. I stayed there for 10 plus years. 12 10 plus years um I was a partner for the last two years and it was something I'd always wanted to like take off my list and I and it was good and really a good experience we could do another episode on definitely partnership questions yeah um and then um I think we'd do another episode on moving out of private practice into in-house yes so then I had an opportunity um, to, to work with, like this sounds really random when I say it, but I had an opportunity to work for a US fashion brand that was wanting to come to the UK, partly because of my network and the social stuff I was doing outside of Trousers and Hammonds and my legal work. So you never know where the next thing's going to come. And I was at a point I had two babies and I was sort of looking for something different. And I think when you go off on maternity leave, I was sort of, I had the space to be able to think outside of Trowers and my private practice experience to date. And it gave me the courage to think about moving and doing something else. Because until then, I was felt so grateful and so lucky yeah. to have actually managed, having tried for years to get the training contract and qualify, that I should just stay put and not like do anything else. Yeah. But um Uh, And that alongside wanting to like get to a partnership level. Once I'd done all of that, I felt like I could move. Anyway, so I moved to Billy Reed. I was there for two years. I actually worked on the non-legal side, helping their sales strategy, which again, sounds really strange, but it was really interesting, fast learning curve. And, um, but very business focused, which was great experience for me. Um, And then I also did all of their big legal contract work. So they were doing lots of sponsorship deals and collaborations and with other designers and brands and um, uh, supply chain work. So they had a global network for their supply chain. So I did stuff um, for them on, on that. And then having spent time with them, I have now recently joined an as in-house legal and alcohol luxury sparkling wine producer, which is great. Um, You're loving it, right? 
I'm absolutely loving it because it's an amazing balance like in-house legal role for the size of business it's a relatively small business it's not thousands of employees Um, and it means I get a really great insight into the business and how it's running as well as having all the legal work alongside it so I feel like it's this perfect culmination of everything I've been doing in the past 12 13 14 years Um, I feel quite smug you can get there guys do it you can get there um you know all those times 10 like literally eight years ago seven years ago when Anne and I used to sit our offices were next to each other in central London and we'd meet up in the park and we'd both just sit there for maybe three times a week and go there's something else Anne there's something else out there Rach there is something out there and we need to find it and we would both just sit there and bore each other stupid (laughs) talking about when we were going to make a move my goodness but then we got brave and we did it yeah because and it definitely took us probably longer than it should have done and I wonder how much of that was to do with the fact that we were so close to each other and all of our friends in each of our different firms right we each had core groups that were all sort of in it together and I know for a fact from my perspective once some of that core group started to move out of Linklaters it was a lot easier to go I'm not going to be the only one outside yeah I need to do this for me as well as all of the other considerations and that's probably the same with the Charles move I guess here we are right here we are. This is so exciting, Anne. This is our first ever podcast. You lucky subscribers are listening to absolute gold here. It's tips and tricks. and all We're going to have to hit on all of the like, tips and tricks in the next episode. Exactly. All of the things that you think about and should think about if you don't, if you want to be a lawyer, I guess. So I guess that's as good a place as any to end it. And yeah, I guess this is like, where we... we need to go and have lunch for the rest of our lunch break, Anne. Exactly. And this is the bit where we do the please like and subscribe and rate us and all of that stuff. Yeah, we're so... going to work on the jingle. I don't know what our little jingle dingle dongle is. Um, and uh, and we're going to get some artwork up and uh, then edit it and work out how to get it live. And then, I mean, I think we should do some sort of giveaway straight off. You know, first subscribers got to get some <laughs> sort of gift, huh? um anyway we'll have to come uh, up with something for that yeah I mean do add comments we'd love to hear your comments ask us a question yes we would love to answer answer questions do that all day yes Um, you can chat all day yeah and um tell all your training contract buddies about us thanks everyone for listening uh we always have a great time and we appreciate everyone who comes back and listens and feel free to like subscribe uh rate us five stars on apple itunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and of course if you have any questions then feel free to get in touch with us we'll leave all our contact in the show notes and we look forward to answering it maybe sometime on the podcast thanks